Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Polly Campbell, and this is Simply Sex. Hello, 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 and welcome to Polly Campbell's Simply Said. I'm Polly, and this is the podcast where we talk about how to live well, do good, be happy, and do the work that matters so we can live the lives we want to live. If you listen to the show, you know I'm recovering from surgery the last couple of months, and I'm spending a lot of time in physical therapy. And the other day, when I was working through my session, I asked the therapist, what are the biggest challenges her clients face. Now she sees a whole bunch of people, but as a rule, is there one challenge that that every client faces? And what is the most important thing to help them be successful? And she said mindset. She said the people that don't improve believe they cannot improve. And I think mindset is the, the essential aspect of all that we do. It certainly is in all my life. In, in building our business and parenting our kids and excelling and enjoying our time, our hobbies, our friends, anything we touch. And we can learn to develop and change and use our mindset to propel us toward our goals. We're going to talk about it today. I think this is an important show, so tune in because I have one of the world experts on this topic. Today, I'm honored to have Dr. Jerry Lynch tell us how we can develop and work with our mindset to create the lives we want to live. Dr. Lynch is a sports psychologist, the founder and director of Way of Champions, a human potential and performance consulting group. And he's the author of many, many books. He works with top teams all over the world from professionals to college championship teams. And he's been an elite athlete himself. Welcome to the show, Dr. Lynch. Oh, I'm thrilled to be here. This is great, Polly. Well, thank you for coming. I liked your book. You've got a ton out. The one I've read uh, recently was The Competitive Buddha, How to Up Your Game in Sports, Leadership, and Life. And before we get too far down in this topic, I think you say something really important about a quarter of the way through. And it's the distinction between brain and mind. And you say the brain is a physical organ in the head that manufactures all thought. The mind is the physical brain plus the body, the world you inhabit, and all your essential being and culture coming together to produce your mentality, a mindset that helps define masterful performance. So the brain and the mind are separate things, but the mind really encompasses all of that then. 
Yeah, it does. And, uh, you know, we, we tend to think of it just as something in the brain, uh, but, but indeed it's our mindset. Uh, I'll call it a heart set because I think it's more central. And uh, that heart set is a, is a combination, a collective of all of your experience in life, uh, intuitive feelings, uh, what, what you've done, what you've not done, uh, what you've learned. And of course, you need a brain to, to, uh, to uh, recount that and, 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 to, and to record it. So, uh, you know, it's, it's sort of a distinction, but, you know, in reality, day to day living, it doesn't really help people much, I find, to go into that distinction because, um, you know, it's part of it is theory, part of it is, is scientific. Uh, the bottom line is, is this, that no matter what your thoughts are, well, we have about seven, 70,000 thoughts a day. And uh, you, you started the show off by talking about thinking and how we're, how we're working with that thought system. And, you know, the thoughts are, the thoughts create feelings. Uh, feelings, therefore, create functions. So it's a formula. Every time you wake up in the morning, you'd have to agree with me. I mean, if you're feeling uh, at peace, you're feeling connected and optimistic and joyful and you're feeling aware and you're feeling uh, open hearted and compassion and you're feeling strong. You're going to have one heck of a good day. Your functioning is going to be much higher than it would be if you woke up and you felt depressed and down. And so all those feelings come from your thoughts and your thoughts come from your mind. Your mind is the collective of what's in your brain as well as what your experiences are. Does this stuff matter the way I wake up in the morning when I'm parenting my kid or going to work? Of course, it matters the way you work or wake up in the morning because it's going to determine your behavior. And all feelings determine your performance. And that's true whether you're a professional basketball athlete or you're a high school uh, runner or you're a parent raising four kids. Uh, your thoughts are going to influence everything. It's just that the way it is. Your thoughts are very powerful. They have a say of their own. They have a world of their own. And the, the direction your thoughts go is the direction you're going to go. You know, if when we really want something and our thoughts are in that direction, what we tend to do not all the time, but we tend to do is we tend to do the things that are necessary to make that come true. If I don't think I can climb a wall, I'll never go to the wall. If I believe I can, I'll at least approach the wall. And when I get there, I might find out I cannot do it, but I've tested it. You see what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So we have to test all of our beliefs. Our beliefs are limits uh, to be examined and transcended. Well, guess what? Our beliefs are our thoughts. It's what we think. And uh, so we have, to, we have to actually examine every belief we have. If we don't think we can be an NBA player, then we're not going to test ourselves to see if we can be. Uh, but if we believe we can be, we'll test it. And then we'll find out and we'll get the data. And then we'll really, truly, truly know what's capable, what we're capable of and what we're not. Okay, this is an interesting point. You're not all positive woo-woo, like, sure, if you want to climb the wall, everybody can climb the wall. You're more like, no, you got to explore and challenge and think and practice and learn. And then you'll know because you'll have gathered that information to determine what's next and what's going to work and be most effective for you. Absolutely. And that's true whether you're 13 or 73 or whether you're an athlete or not an athlete. What we're looking at with this Buddha book, the uh, competitive Buddha, is 
how do we how do we maximize our chances of being the best version of ourselves? And the only way to maximize that chance is to test it. If you're saying I can't do it, you're not going to test it. Why? Why? If you say I can't do something, why would you go ahead and try to do it if you fully believe you cannot do it? So that's your thought. And that's going to determine your behavior. But if you just take on the, uh, uh, the notion that, you know what, I might or might not be able to do it but I want to be the best version of myself. So let me just try it and then I'll get the information and then I'll know for certain that I wasn't capable of doing it. And that's all it is. And that's what life is. It's a, it's a constant test every day to see what and what can't be done. And, and we have to be kind to ourselves and have a lot of compassion. And when we fail and uh, because failure, we're going to learn from it. And when we learn from our failure, we we're a better version of ourselves. So it's, it's all connected. It seems like many people are turned off or afraid or make excuses or whatever before testing themselves. Yeah. Do you see well, that in your practice? And what, what can we do about that to overcome that? Well, I see. Well, first, first part of that is I see that all over the world. I think I believe that 98 percent of the population in the world is afraid. They, they function out of fear. And when you're afraid, you don't go forward. It stands in the way. So let's just say for, uh, for the sake of argument that we're all standing on the edge of a cliff. And we want to jump, you know, because we, we heard that it's pretty nice. You know, we might even get to fly. But we're standing on the edge of the cliff. And only 2% of the people will jump. The other, the other 98%, 98 out of 100, are waiting for their wings to be built so they can fly. The 2% mm -hmm. jump without wings, knowing and, and trusting that they'll land on their two feet if the wings aren't built. But if the wings are built on the way down from what you've learned and what you've experienced, and there we go again with experience approaching your wall, jump off the cliff, find a way, and, and people will come to your rescue. You know, people, people will help you along the way and you'll see things that you never saw before. Uh, because you haven't jumped. And, and so people are afraid. People are afraid of risk. You know what it is? We're, we're all in a box, not all of us, but 98% of the population, we're, we're in a box. What is the box? The box is a safe place. It's familiar. It's what we know. And what I teach is helping people to step outside the box and step into the unknown and take a risk and have the faith that things will work out the way they should. And even if you fail, maybe that's the way it should have worked out because maybe that's not what you were supposed to do. So the, the whole idea is to make sure that we're open to change and understand that everything is going to change anyway. So we might as well join the journey mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. change with everybody else. So to your second point, you know, how do you go about doing that? You make a commitment to yourself and you say, you know what, look, I'm going to take a risk. And uh, it's not going to be life-threatening. And, and uh, the worst case scenario is I, I get a no. I'm going to publish this book and the publisher says no. Okay, that happened to me, you know, a thousand times. Uh, but what I do from that no is I learn from my experience and then go back to the drawing board and try something in a different way. And then I succeed. So it's a process of being willing to, to take the risk, to change your thoughts, you know, because we have 70,000 thoughts in our brain every day. And if our thoughts are negative, that's the direction you're going to go. 
Make your thoughts positive. Why not? What's the worst that can happen? You're disappointed. Nobody ever died from disappointment. So what you do is you just make the, take the risk. You go forward. Your setbacks will be your teachers. You hmm. learn from that setback and then you forge ahead and you go forward knowing something that you didn't know before. And who knows, you know, you might just achieve what you'd like to achieve, but you will never know unless you try. When you have experienced that kind of disappointment in your own life, is, is there a technique you use to feel that disappointment and then change the thoughts to the positive? Well, yeah, you can do that. And, and, and let me just tell anyone who's listening here, you know, my, I've got 15 books. There, there, there was so many, my bestseller, you know, my bestseller in 13 languages was, was uh, declined for publication uh, 13 times. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's ridiculous. I mean, I was ready to quit after five rejections. But what we do is we have to look at it and say to ourselves, you know what, what have I learned? Why am I, why am I a better author, writer because of that rejection? Well, I listen to what the publisher told me and I make the changes and then I go back and I have a better version of the book. So I have a lot of disappointment in my life. Disappointment happens when people jump into the arena. If you don't want disappointment, then sit on your couch and, 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 and just <laughs> stare at the clock and watch the minutes go by. Life will seem longer if that's what you want, but you're not going to get anything done. So the, the whole idea is, is take that risk, you know, live life, go out and try to do what you'd love to do. And, and the worst case scenario is you're disappointed. And what are you going to learn from that disappointment and that setback? But we're afraid that gets back to the fear. And a lot of people are afraid. So they stay safely inside their box and uh, they, they don't want to go into the unknown. All growth, all personal growth, whether it's athletic, intellectual, spiritual, nutritional, social, all growth requires risk. All growth will include disappointment. All growth requires that you fail. And, and, and if I had to look at failure very, very honestly, I'd have to say that my greatest success are the failures that I've had. Mm -hmm. and, and I've learned from them. And then I go forward. So that encourages me. That keeps me going. I'm not afraid to step outside the box. It's scary. It takes courage. But I do it anyway. And I say, you know what? The heck with it. It's not life-threatening. I'll just learn something and then be better off because of it. I love that. I think that's so important. We are going to take a break, but when we come back, I want to talk about the importance of aligning our thoughts with our vision. And it touches on a point that you've been talking about. You write in the book that faith equals belief, not fear. We're going to talk more about this when we come back on Polly Campbell Simply Said in just a minute. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. With supply chains becoming more complex, you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments. 
So if you work with logistics, you need the Beyond the Box podcast from Maersk. It's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption and logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market. Find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com slash insights. And we're back with Dr. Jerry Lynch. Uh, Coach of coaches, really. Dr. Lynch, I read your bio and you have worked with championship teams. You've competed at a championship level yourself. You've coached the coaches really about this path to mastery or mastery is the path, I think you say in your book, The Competitive Buddha. And as part of that, you talk about the importance of aligning our values, our thoughts with our vision. What do you mean by that? And, and what's the importance of doing that? Polly, you know, we can go about life in many ways. Uh, get up in the morning, you know, go to the toilet, take a shower, get dressed, go to work, see the same people, uh, be, be engaged with whatever we used to be engaged with. And and that's the safe way to go, safe in the sense that you're not going to be disappointed. You're just going to do the same thing over and over again. And the reason why we do that is because we have a lot of fear. And to me, uh, there's a dichotomy here because we either have fear or we have faith. And, and by faith, it means the confidence, not in the outcome of something, Faith is the confidence that when you go ahead, you're going to be okay regardless of the outcome. That's an important distinction because people are saying to themselves, I don't have any faith or belief in myself. Belief in what? You know, belief in that you're going to succeed by winning the game or by getting the contract or by getting a promotion or getting a job. That's not faith and belief because you cannot, you, you cannot control that. Faith and belief is believing in something that you can control, even if you don't know what the outcome is going to be. So I believe not in uh, when I take this step that I'm going to succeed. But what I do believe in is I believe that I'll be OK, regardless of the outcome. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and we have to look at that real closely because, you know, 99% of the decisions we make in life are not life-threatening. I mean, you, you don't literally want to like put your life in jeopardy at any time. That would be counterproductive for most of us. I, I know that no matter what risk I take, I might still be afraid. It doesn't mean I'm not afraid. Are you kidding? I go in front of a group of 3,000 people and I'm giving a talk. There's fear there. There's anxiety. But what I have to do is I have to flip it and I have to flip it by saying, this is my excitement. And, and, and that excitement is, is my faith, not that I'm going to be successful with these people, but my faith in that I'm going to be able to do what I know I can do. So that's certain. I know I can, I'm prepared. I can do this. And the faith that regardless of what happens here, I'm going to be okay. You know, so when, when we're facing the unknown, we need, we need to be willing to take the next step to see the unknown as part of the journey of, of this life. And, and, and to truly li live life, you have to take risks. So faith is, 
Faith is really, if you define faith, it's moving into the unknown. And, and, and what you do is when you move into the unknown, you, you use your imagination, which is kind of the ability to, to visualize or see things that haven't really happened yet, but you continue to open up to the possibility. Like I'll walk toward that wall and I'll say to myself, I'm able to climb that wall if given the opportunity, but if I don't walk toward that wall, the opportunity has gone. So we all have this known reality that we're comfortable in, and we must be able to step outside that box and venture into that unknown. But going outside, it's going to be fearful. So that fear is nature's way of telling you that this is not known, and you just have to believe and have faith that regardless of what happens, you're going to be okay. You know, you're not taking mm-hmm. your life in your hands here. So, uh, yeah. You also talk about the path of mastery it has a number of other values, um, compassion and leadership. And then a couple that are challenging for me. I'm exploring these and learning more about myself. You talk about the importance of patience and impermanence. Boy, have we have we understood impermanence in a new way, I think, in the last couple of years. Oh, boy. Why are these values that we think we, I mean, you have gratitude, you have a, a lot of things that we talk about here on the show, but impermanence and patience stuck out for me because I do want things right now. I make a decision, I'm ready to go. And it doesn't work like that. Now, unfortunately, I'm sorry, it, it doesn't. It, <laughs> life, life doesn't, here's the expression, life doesn't work out the way we think it should. It works out the way it's supposed to. Mm. And the way it's supposed to is beyond us. You know, someone once said, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing that could be truer than that because how many plans, the best laid plans are so often disrupted. And, and, and so when, when you're looking at something like impermanence or, 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 or patience, you know, something doesn't happen for you. And all of a sudden it's like, what's wrong with this? And why can I do this? Mm-hmm. And why can't I have this? And why can't I get this? you're just causing yourself a lot of undue suffering. And what we do is our problem, the problem is in judging the outcome of something. So like you want to be a certain way or you wanna be a certain place, Polly, you, you have these plans and, and, and you're impatient and you want it now. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't wanna wait, you want it now. And I'm saying to you, it's gonna come when it's supposed to, not when you think it should, if at all. And if it doesn't come, why judge it? How do we know what it means? How many times have any of us who are listening to this been in a situation where life didn't work out the way we thought it should? And three weeks later, oh my God, I'm so glad it turned out that way because life is so much better because I didn't go in that direction. Right. You know, I, I didn't get that, I didn't get that position or I didn't get uh, accepted to that university. And and then Three or four weeks later, you find out another opportunity came your way. And this was the like better than the ideal. This was even greater than what you thought it could be. And this happens all the time. You know, we we lose we lose a horse on our ranch. It runs away and we think that's the worst thing that could have happened. That was our only horse. And the next morning we wake up 
and that horse is leading a pack of horses over a grassy knoll mm. into, into the ranch. And now you wake up and you say, that was the best thing that ever happened that that horse ran away, you know? And, and so we were so quick to judge instead of just watching and waiting and, and observing and knowing that maybe if something didn't happen at the time we thought it should, maybe it wasn't to be, maybe it wasn't meant to be, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe the universe or God or Buddha or somebody has a, a bigger plan for us. And maybe, maybe that's the direction we need to go. I like what you said at the top of the show about trying and, and learning our limits and taking the data then to shape it into the next thing or the next vision or the next part of our path of mastery. And for me, patience and, and living with uh, surrendering to that impermanence and, and seeing that as an adventure and an exploration rather than a liability has been, uh, it's really freed me up and it's also a constant um, a constant yeah. study for me right now. Yeah, I bet. I bet it's freed you up. And that's what this whole conversation is all about, really. I mean, all, all you listeners out there, I mean, it, it's about being free. And I don't mean coming out of, literally coming out of jail. You're coming out of your, your mind. Your, your mind incarcerates you. And you're incarcerated in, in a negative mind or a mind that's limiting. But what we're talking about here is freedom. And, and the way you, you get freedom is, is to know what nature is all about. I mean, this is, all, this is not dogma. I'm not preaching or teaching dogma. I'm, I'm talking about teaching nature, the way of life. If you haven't noticed yet, you're probably too young. You probably are like nine or 10 years old. But if you've lived a considerable amount of time, you've noticed that change is inevitable. The only thing we can count on, the only thing that's certain is change. And impermanence is a law of nature. It just is. I'm not asking you to agree with me. I'm just saying that's what the law is. And you either pay attention to it or you don't. If you don't pay attention to it, then you become frustrated and you wind up suffering. Right. If you pay attention to the law of impermanence, that things will change and that nothing's constant and what goes up comes down. And if you don't pay attention to that, then you're going to suffer a lot because every time things change, you're going to be blown out of the water and you're going to feel like, oh, wow, what's it, life's not worth it because I can't, I can't control everything. Well, that's the truth. You cannot control everything. And the only thing you can control is your attitude toward that and to understand that change is inevitable. And patience, getting back to patience for a minute, patience is the willingness to wait hmm. for life to deliver what is meant to happen for you. And when you have a series of setbacks, and you're learning from them, it's not time yet. When you feel like you're on a plateau, like you're not getting any movement forward and you feel like you're stagnating, you're not stagnating. What's really happening is you're being, you're being told to wait and be patient because it's not time yet. You know, I wanted to write a book at the age of 35 and I couldn't do it. And at 40, and I couldn't do it. But at 42, I kept writing books on the average of every two years. And it, it's like, when, when the time is right, things happen. And you can't force it. 
you can't make it. That's another law of nature. We can't force things to happen. They're going to happen at the right time for the right reason with the right person at the right place. And, and, and impermanence will happen. So if you're on a streak of all these good things happening, I'm not saying expect something like negative to happen. I'm just saying that it will change and how it changes. I don't know. But that's the, that's the whole idea of impermanence. So we have to let go of this illusionary need to control everything and make things happen the way we think they should. Let them happen the way they're supposed to. But that doesn't mean don't put the effort in. That doesn't mean don't take the risk. Take the risk. See what happens. Watch things change. Watch things evolve. Watch life unfold in a way that's so amazing that you reduce your suffering and create more joy and happiness, which is what you were talking about at the beginning of the show. Right. I, I, I absolutely agree. And it's inspiring to listen to you and think about this. You know, engage with your life and put yourself out there and give life a chance to respond and unfold for you. And that is the way of the champion. Dr. Jerry Lynch, thank you for being here. Such a, a fantastic visit. And where can people find your other books, more of your work, work with you? Well, thank you for asking that. Uh, go to my website, which is Way of Champions. That's with an S, wayofchampions.com. That's my website. And my email is wayofchampions at gmail.com. And uh, all my books are there, all my information that you'll ever want and more. <laughs> so you'll be able to uh, continue. Uh, I, I just had a new book come out. Uh, this, I've written three books in three years, and I don't say that to brag about it. I say it because I haven't been traveling because of COVID. And uh, when I get the time, I just write and it just comes out. So the new book is called Everyday Champion Wisdom. And uh, it's a book of daily lessons. So you just have time to read one page. You read one lesson a day. And uh, it'll kind of set the tone for your day. And it's kind of a fun book to, to see where that takes you. So, All right. I'm going to pick that one up next. The one I just finished is The Competitive Buddha, right. How to Up Your Game in Sports, Leadership, and Life. And um, I found I, it's important work. I found a lot of value in it. Plus, I love the stories that you weave through and the stories at the end as well. I, I That really... Help me apply this stuff. I tell stories on my Substack. You can find me at polycampbell.substack.com and all my work and books at polycampbell.com. That's my website. Remember, today, consider how you align your thoughts with your vision to follow your own path of mastery and live the best version of you every day. When we take time to reflect on that, then we will all live well, do good, and be happy. Have you ever wondered what actually happens in Congress every day? Stay informed on Capitol Hill's daily happenings with a concise, factual summary of the Senate and House of Representatives activities from the previous session, free from bias, on the Congressional Record Daily Digest podcast. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and discover the process from the heart of U.S. politics. The Congressional Record Daily Digest, an electric cast production. Welcome to Ringside with Ray and Prince. My name is Ray Leonard Jr. Oh, that's the shit? No, that's just my 
my dad. My name is Prince Daniels Jr. Daniels again with a big home touchdown. On this show, we come to humanize athletes, entertainers, business executives. We're going to see what makes them tick. Tuesdays, 10 a.m. Pacific time on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, and wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you there. Peace and power. Electric acid. Yeah.